Get your business together. Get yourself into what you do and see it through. Being boss is hard. Blending work and life is messy. Making a dream job of your own isn't easy. But getting paid for it, becoming known for it, and finding purpose in it is so doable. If you do the work. Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. From Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Welcome to episode three, Redefining Professional. Welcome back to Being Boss. First off, thank you guys so much for your support and feedback over the last few weeks. Emily and I are really excited about this, and we're excited to keep bringing you bossiness every week. That's exactly what we're doing. We're bringing you bossiness. (laughs) Okay, so today Emily and I want to talk to you about what it means to be professional whenever you work for yourself. So we all know that the beauty of working for yourself is that you get to make the rules. You get to decide what you want to wear. You get to decide if you want to work from your bed or from your kitchen. You get to decide what to eat, when you want to eat it, and how much you want to work. Maybe that's just me. I'm always eating. (laughs) But so often we're still tailoring how we show up in these jobs that we've created for ourselves by someone else's standards of what is professional and what isn't. Emily, what are your thoughts on that? I I completely agree with that. I think, uh, you know, we do sort of quit jobs to make our own rules, and then we continue to rule, or we continue to work our jobs that we make for ourselves with the rules that we used to have. <laughs> and that sort of negates the point of making your own rules. So um, so today, yeah, we're going to talk about some ways that you can, you can make your own rules and redefine what professional looks like for you. So I thought I'd start out this episode by sharing a little bit of a story about my hair. And for those of you who don't know, I have dreadlocks. They are about, uh, they reach down to about the middle of my back and they're bleach blonde. And I've had them for a few years now. And I decided to dread my hair. It was around my 30th birthday. So I guess we had just started braid or we were maybe six months into it in earnest. I, I turned 30 and decided it was time to learn how to do my hair. Like I was ready to look like Sarah Jessica Parker because I had this wild curly mane. And so I started Googling YouTube videos of like how to curl your hair. And I came across a YouTube video of this really cute girl from Sweden giving dreadlock tutorials. And so I was like, (laughs) oh, that's how you get them. And I went straight into the bathroom and I did, I, I dreaded one lock of my hair, like near the nape of my neck. And I was like, oh yeah, that worked. So then I did another one. By the time my husband came home from work, I had three <laughs> I had three dreadlocks in my hair. And I was like, hey, look at this. Poor Jeremy. I feel like he never knows what he's going to come home to. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. So it's like, I think I'm going to dread my hair. So it's funny because I actually kept it a secret from my sister slash business partner, Tara. I kept it a secret from her for a while. So I started by dreading the back of my head and I would just keep everything up in a messy bun on the top of my head. And you couldn't really notice because my hair was so crazy anyway. Well, eventually, like I had to tell her at some point, I think I told our designer, Kristen, before I told Tara and I was like, don't tell Tara, I'm dreading my hair. So finally I told Tara and I was like, I'm, I need to tell you something. I'm dreading my hair. And she goes, she was like, what, did you just like wake up this morning and decide you weren't pretty enough? (laughs) (laughs) Or 
no. She said, she said, did you wake up this morning and decide that you were just too pretty? Oh. And to go and dread your hair? Oh, Tara. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, I know. She's, she's my older sister and she now loves and totally embraces my hair. But, um, I, it's something that I wanted to do. So I did it and I was a little scared that it might be unprofessional. I was a little worried that certain clients might be turned off by it. And even though we were already finding our niche with working with creative entrepreneurs who probably don't care what my hair looks like, I I still had that fear because this is something I would never do to my hair if I was working um, for a corporation or even a small advertising agency because I would be so afraid of what our clients might think. Sure. The point of this story is, is that my hair has not turned off any clients. And in fact, some of my clients have admitted that it's what has attracted them to us in the first place. Um, One of them said, you know, your hair caught my attention, but then the rest of your work, you know, kept me here. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So the point is, is that my hair doesn't define my professionalism, or maybe it redefines what professionalism literally looks like on my head. (laughs) That's absolutely what it does. I love that. Um, let's talk a little bit more about like what professional means to us. Emily, what does being professional mean to you? Being professional has definitely been one of those things that I've had to redefine over the past couple of years for myself. And as I've grown the studio and hired people, like it sort of continues to evolve. Um, so my background, I did a lot of like retail management (laughs) before I fell into this gig. Um, so, you know, I definitely had work clothes. I had work clothes that I would have to, you know, I'd, go to work in like my black pants and button up shirt or whatever. And, um, I was about to say, did you wear pantyhose? I probably, I probably did at some point. <laughs> I remember wearing lots of pantyhose whenever I worked at JC Penney through high school. Yes. Yes. So, well, yeah, just black pants and really uncomfortable shoes and, um, and button ups that for some reason, whenever I wear a button up, my shoulders hurt. Does that happen to you? <laughs> What? I don't I think I like force myself to sit up straighter or something, which just I guess means I need to have better posture, but I literally would would come home with, with like shoulder aches, I think, from wearing button up shirts, or maybe that's just a connection I'm making that makes no sense at all. Um so, you know, leaving that's really <laughs> Yeah, leaving those sorts of things those sorts of jobs and, and sort of working for myself, I went through multiple transformations and professionalism. Um, but I feel like I've I've set some pretty pretty hard boundaries. Um a couple of the big ones for me, and not just what you wear and what you look like, but also just how you do business. As creative entrepreneurs, we get to we get to choose how we want to do business, which is really really cool. I was just having lunch with uh, like the studio downtown, and past this uh, past this room with a with a bunch of like older men and their buttons up button ups and suit having their box lunch at these tables. And I thought, my God, I'm glad that's not my life. <laughs> you know, to be those right. kinds of business people. I'm just I'm glad that we get to be creatives and do what we want. So. Um, a couple of my my big professional things that um, that I try to keep keep going in um, in the studio and in the brand of indie photography and what we do is one getting back to people in a very timely fashion. I know that in traditional business, sometimes actually getting back to people in a timely manner isn't always something that's super put uh, put at the forefront. Um, and what that really does is sort of create 
it creates real relationships with people, you know, people knowing that you're going to get back to them quickly. Um, and mm-hmm. a lot of times in the really professional world, you tend to not trust super professional people because they don't work on building those relationships. And, and the foundation of that is, is getting back to people in a really, really timely fashion. Um, but as creatives also sort of putting a bar on that and that you're not going to get back to people immediately. <laughs> I think that is sort of the other side of, of being unprofessional in communication is getting back to people super, super immediately. Um, so one of my big things is 24 to 48 hours to get back with people. And that's how we define, I guess, sort of professional communication at the studio. And that I'm not going to jump on an email with you straight away because i got other things to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not going to make you wait a week. But that's also one of those things that I do struggle with <laughs> and sort of ongoing sort of management of time and, um, and getting packed to people. But for me, that level of communication for creative entrepreneurs um, and finding that balance is super, super important for how we define professional for our studio. You know, I found that I was having a really hard time getting back to people in a timely manner more recently. Well, probably like within the last six months um, with having gone on maternity leave. And so we updated our entire system so that people couldn't reach me directly. Um, I did that by taking my email off of the website and instead using a contact form and all the emails go to the appropriate people that they need to go to. So anything with website tech support goes to you, Emily, because you manage that for us. Um, any inquiries in working with braid, go to our brand director, Liz, and she gets back to those people. Anyone who is interested in coaching for creatives, their emails go to our designer, Kristen, and she emails them more information on how they might work one-on-one with me. So that's been really huge because I'm not able to respond in a timely fashion delegating that out to people who can. Absolutely. And, and and I love the idea that, you know, for you becoming even more professional and redefining what professional is means that you're not responding to those emails, that you're actually delegating those to other people. <laughs> right. I know that, and again, that's something that I've been sort of actively handing off to my team as well. This idea that just because, you know, someone's emailing you doesn't mean that you have to be the one that emails them back. If you do your job better when you can delegate emails to other people, then redefine professional within your organization in that way. (laughs) And if you don't have a team, um, the last time I was at Designer Vacay, which is a really fun get together in Palm Springs every fall, um, a lot of people there were talking about virtual assistants and you can get virtual assistants to manage your inbox for next to nothing. So, So that's something to consider. Um, And I'm sure that we'll talk more about email management and time management in future episodes. Yes, I love email management. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things that I think I redefine professional for me is, which I had to really grow into, is really being responsible for meeting deadlines and being prepared. And if I drop the ball not placing blame on anyone else and just being honest and owning my mistakes. Amen. (laughs) So that's been huge to me. So I might look like a total hippie, but you better believe I'm going to get your project done on time. If it's not done on time, I will communicate with you um, 
why that is or when I can have that to you. And actually, you know, communicating like why your project isn't on time. I actually don't do that because again, I think that's making excuses and placing blame. Um, I could say, sorry, I was up all night with a baby who was throwing up. And even though I share those things and that's part of me blending who I am with what I do is I'm very open about my personal life. I think that excuses, uh, I think it places too much on the other person whenever you make excuses. And I don't ever want to, like, if I do drop the ball, I don't want the other person to have to be in a place to forgive me. Um, I want them to just know when they can expect their stuff. Does that make sense? That that makes perfect sense to me. Like, I don't want them to have to hear about my puking baby. All they need to know is that their job will be done. Yes. I think, I think that's exactly how, I think, I think the whole freelance designer, creative entrepreneur world needs to hear that. (laughs) Because I, I've, (laughs) I've worked with several, several people, you know, the past couple of months freelancing, like pulling in contractors for stuff. And, and sometimes I get excuses and I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't want your excuse. I just want to know when I can have it. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I don't want to hear that you had the flu or, you know, and, and I expect the same thing of my clients actually. And whenever I have clients who break meetings a lot, um, I, it's just, it's not professional and I'm a very busy person and I schedule everything out. So whenever I have to cancel a meeting because for whatever reason, the reason doesn't matter because I still have now a backlog of work that I have to catch up with. I think relating also back to our last episode, talking money, I think that talking about how much you charge is professional and I think that staying vague about money is unprofessional. I completely agree with that one, 100%. And if you haven't listened to that last episode, um, you can find that on lovebeingboss.com. It's episode two. Uh, and we, we talk really good about money. Um, one, of the things, one of the things that I think is huge for... I, I, I like to think this is huge for the creative entrepreneur industry and, and really sort of this level of business is, um, is generally having manners. <laughs> I think as business people, you know, mm. a lot of people see, um, or, uh, for example, that, that crowd that I, I walked past earlier, um, these older men all sitting there and they're like, you know, button ups and their little box lunches at these tables in this, in this business building downtown. I even caught myself thinking, oh, I'm so glad I'm not one of those business people. <laughs> Because in my mind, I see I see sort of big business like these these older men doing businesses. I don't know. Sometimes not the kindest people, and sometimes they are by all means. Definitely are. For me, having manners is is just the level of professionalism that we will always operate. Um, and and I think that that goes along with what you're saying with passing blame and owning your mistakes and not making excuses. Um, if you have really good manners, you're not going to do those things, or you will make mistakes, but you will own them, and you you know you won't pass the blame, and you're not going to make excuses, even if they are completely valid ones. It's just having good manners and simply know or telling people when they can expect it, um, or what you need from them, or what you know when they can have things from you. I think that simply having manners is, is something that I love about the creative industry because we're all tend to be pretty nice people. Um, but whenever it comes to running your business, if you're looking at, you know, some other professional organizations, 
that, you know, may not have the kindest, you know, return policies. Oh, right. Yeah. Don't have really great, you know, customer support or whatever. Like have manners, take care of your people, be nice to people. Like that should be the level of professionalism that I hope we all work on. Yes. You know, that reminds me of, um, that reminds me of this one time I was in Mexico on vacation and I got an email from someone I don't know if this story is really relevant for this podcast, but I got an email from someone who was taking one of our braid e-courses and she couldn't attend it for whatever reason. So I was like, hey, no problem. I'll send you a refund. And I thought that that was me having manners and having really good customer service. And she sent me an email back ripping me a new one saying, like, she said something like Marie Forleo says, never give someone a refund. That is money in your hand. You know, you should have given me credit instead. And so basically bitching me out for giving her a refund. Oh, no. I was like, wow. Well, she didn't have very good manners. <laughs> she, she, she did not. and But she thought that she was doing me a service. And I'm cool with feedback, but it, it was pretty wild. And so that's whenever I started delegating tech support. Yeah, now I get Emily. those emails. <laughs> now, you, now you get my crazy emails. No, and well, and, and they're not that, I don't get those. If I get those, I send those to you. But, <laughs> no, um, I, yeah, I think, I think just generally having, just generally having good manners and being nice to people, it's, it can be a really hard thing. And there's also a line there with, you know, like you and I doing coaching with people. I'm, I'm one of those tough love people. Like sometimes it may feel like I'm being mean to you, but I'm <laughs> I'm doing it out of love, sort of thing. Right. Um. So being firm, like if you had had a very clear return policy, then you know, then it's perfectly okay to be like, you know what? No, <laughs> these are the terms that we have. But it's still doing it in a nice way, right? Um, and in a way that would you know hopefully have her come back for more e courses, which I know is a level that we try to work with when doing you know tech and customer support. Um, but, but you can have manners and like still stick to your guns, but if you're sticking to your guns and being an asshat, then that's not, that's not very nice. And you know, that's, that's another, like even us starting this podcast and as it relates to professionalism, there were some tough questions to be answered before we would partner with each other. You know, so you came to me with the idea like, Hey, let's start this podcast. And I said, that's great. I've been wanting to do a podcast with someone, but I've got some questions like how, if, if we make a profit from it, how do we split the profit? Who, what are, what are our roles? If we get invited on Oprah, who's going on Oprah? And so I think that that's being professional too, is just not being afraid to ask the tough questions. Yes. And of course you weren't offended by these questions because, well, one, because we have a relationship and two, because you're professional too. Yes. I would have actually been weirded out if you had not asked me questions. <laughs> so like I, and, and I, I expect that too. I, I think this is a perfect, perfect example of, of being professional and defining what professional is for you. Because what you can also do is train other people to expect what to think from you. I had a client recently who, who wanted to, who wanted to talk to me about, um, some website edits and she was going about it in this really sort of like, not passive aggressive way, because aggressive is not what it was, but she wouldn't just tell me what she wanted. <laughs> and it was one of those things where she, she just, she thought that she would offend me. You know, sending up and saying, you know, I, I hate the color of this text. Like, that does not offend me. It's a color. <laughs> right. So I think I think that being not stern or firm, but but voicing your opinions, especially if they're going to help you, is one of those is one of those things that as creative entrepreneurs, we tend to 
at least in the beginning, sort of step back from our own opinion and see what's going on with everyone. But voicing opinions and, and making that part of part of you being professional is certainly not a bad thing. And, you know, you saying that, that actually reminds me of something that I really think is um, an act of professionalism is not taking anything personally. Yes. <laughs> and I think that whenever you stop taking a feedback or criticism personally – you're able to be so much more professional in what you're doing. One of my favorite books is The Four Agreements by, I think his name is Don Miguel Ruiz. And I'll include this in the show notes. But The Four Agreements, my favorite agreement is to not take anything personally. And it's it's my favorite agreement because I can so easily get emotional. And whenever you're doing what you love for a living, if anyone has feedback that might be perceived at all negative, it is so easy to get bent out of shape about it. So um, if you have a hard time with taking things a little too personally, read that book. And I think that that will bring a new level of professionalism to your business. That is exactly what I think, you know, our level of being creatives and, and being professional. I have, I've, I've talked to this, to a client previously who, who took it very, very personally whenever she didn't get callbacks from complete, from, from potential clients. And like to the point where she would cry and think that it was like, because of her and, and that is so not professional. <laughs> Like no level of that, of, of being upset and, you know, not in saying that you never would have worked with that person because they never bo bothered calling you back. And sure, that may not have been the nicest way for them to say they don't want to work with you, but you don't cry about it. Well, I think it's just a defense mechanism or a coping mechanism. And especially the younger you are in your career, the easier it is to be personally offended if someone doesn't call you back or respond to your information. Right. But it's in, and I guess I think the more professional way to look is, at that is if they were your dream customer and they understood your worth and what you do for them, then this wouldn't have been an issue. So it's, it shouldn't be, you know, crying that someone left or being, taking it personally that someone isn't working with you. You should see it as, as an opportunity to, for you to find an actual dream client who's going to fit into what you do exactly. Um, so I like that example of not of um, not taking things too personally because I think that can be a huge professional block <laughs> in um, in doing business for a lot of people. Okay, so what are some things that you do? That most people might be scared to do because it might appear unprofessional. Oh, I do all kinds of things purposely or purposefully <laughs> just to be a little or just to redefine professional for me. One of those is I have a potty mouth, a hardcore hysterical potty mouth. And I try to keep it pretty clean for the podcast because I don't want to super offend anyone. Um, but, you know, studio life, it's coming out. Um, I, I have a, um, I have a program called get your shit together. <laughs> um, and, and I actually recently, I recently dropped the F bomb in one of my newsletters, um, and had an, had, had a reader email me and a little offended. And it was a, it was a very nice email and it was, she was just saying, you know, I'm, I'm sad that you went for, for shock value and, and just saying things that I, I loved. I sincerely loved. Sure. And I wrote her back this very nice email. I was like, you know, thank you for, you know, your feedback. Were you like, the F word is my favorite word? I know. Well, I, I told her. Well, I, I can't remember if I put this in the email, but I've joked around before that all of my emotions come on a scale between eh and F-bomb. 
<laughs> so it's not me offending you. It's letting you know that I'm like at the top of being super fucking excited <laughs> or, or, or not. So, um, so yeah, I, I recently, you know, dropped the F bomb in a newsletter and, uh, and got this really great email and I responded and I thanked her and, um, told her that I would not take it personally if she unsubscribed, um, but that I would probably do it again. So I think that's one way, that's definitely one way that I do it. Um, in the studio, we do all kinds of fun things. Um, every Friday we have Freaky Geeky Friday, uh, where we all, like, it's almost a contest these days because we're so hysterically competitive, uh, where we, like, wear just geeky shirts and geeky socks and goodness knows what else is on under there sometimes. <laughs> no, whenever you say geeky, like, are you wearing, like, Star Trek? Yeah, like... Outfits? Like, what are you, like, what's your geekiest outfit that geekiest you wear? Geekiest outfit. Today, well, let's see. Today, Corey came to like, work in a Doctor Who graphic tee. I'm glad to know that that's the dude coding my website. It is. I don't trust, <laughs> I don't trust any web developers who don't watch Doctor Who. Yes, exactly. Well, yes. And so, well, actually today, like, we're recording this on a Friday, um, but today I'm wearing my NASA shirt, which is a usual for Geeky Friday shirt, and it's just become a thing. But it's also become a thing, like, locally. Because we also go out every Friday for lunch. People will see us, like, walking down the street downtown in, like, our Freaky Geeky Friday shirts. And we'll get, like, uh, we'll get comments on our Instagram, like, <laughs> that people saw us in our in our funny geeky shirts. We I also took a pair of, like, house slippers to the studio recently because it's cold outside and my feet get cold. And I don't care if that seems unprofessional. When my feet are cold, I'm going to be unprofessional. Mm-hmm. We're starting a um, we're starting a thing at the studio called Speakeasy, where once a month I'm just sort of inviting all the creatives in the area to bring some booze and like come have a chat. <laughs> we do all kinds of stuff that seem unprofessional, but we are working hard. Okay, let me ask you. Let me ask you this because here's one of mine is working from home. And it's not that that, I think that that's like such a normal thing now that working from home isn't really unprofessional, but sometimes I guess maybe it's almost an insecurity. Like whenever, especially if I have a meeting with a local client or if I'm Skyping with someone and my cat walks across the screen, it's just a reminder that I don't have a fancy office. We, we rented an office for a while, but it became a little bit unnecessary because I ended up buying a house across the street from her. And, you know, earlier I mentioned that I'm always eating. And so to go to the office, like I had to pack a ton of food and I'm also still nursing my baby. So I'd have to pack the breast pump and, you know, just all this stuff. It was becoming a kind of a bigger hassle than it was worth. So we decided to shut down the office and just work from home. Both of our employees work remotely anyway from Brooklyn and Durham. So anyway, working from home is one of those things that might appear unprofessional. And I just totally own it now. But I wonder what your take on that is, Emily, because you do have a studio. But I know because I've seen her hanging out there is that you bring your kiddo to work. Oh, yes, I absolutely do. We, we we homeschool our kids, so like our kid works at work <laughs> with us. So and and we take our dog to work every day. Like our dog is at the studio with us absolutely every day that we are there. So in a lot of ways, the studio has just sort of become a home. I think there's nothing unprofessional about working from home. Like especially if, especially if you can designate a good area for work, and that's not even a professionalism thing. That's like a getting your brain in the right space. Yeah. Well, and the same thing with home too. Like you always want to have that a dedicated space where Absolutely. you can really get into your groove. 
whether you're at work or home. And I think that's the thing for me and Tara is that we weren't able to get into our groove at the office. We just never felt like we were able to get to that space, oh, if that makes sense. And so we were able to work better from home. So why not embrace that? Absolutely embrace it. We So we have a studio. We've had a studio for about a year. No. It's about two years now. Um, but for the first three years of Indie Shopography, I definitely work from home. And just because I have a studio doesn't mean that I don't also work from home. Actually, over Christmas break, you know, I designed, developed all of the Being Boss podcast site <laughs> from my <laughs> yep. bed on the laptop. Um, so, you know, having a studio doesn't make you more professional, I don't think, um, as long as you treat working from home as a professional thing. So one of the things that whenever I'm um, doing some coaching for some creative entrepreneurs, a lot of something that they're really worried about a lot of times is blending more of who they are into what they do. And that's something that here at Braid Creative, like that's probably our main mission is helping creative entrepreneurs through their branding, bring more of who they are into their jobs. And so with that is, um, I mean, because for example, me personally, I'm doing personal blogging over at annkathleen.com. And then I'm doing more professional blogging, but still injecting personal stories and who I am into the Braid blog. And so a lot of people have questions about that. Like, how much should I share? What should I not share? And even earlier, you were talking about Instagram. Like right now, something that I do is I'll post a few photos of my baby here and there, including um, breastfeeding photos, because I feel like an advocate for that to my Instagram account. And this is an account that my clients follow. So that might be perceived as unprofessional, but for me, it's really just blending who I am into what I do. And I think that if you're struggling with that, it's really just knowing what your boundary is. And I think that there is a sharing spectrum. You can be totally all out there, open book. Um, I used to be all out there, open book. Since having a baby, I've pulled back a little bit. Um, and probably I'm a little bit more arm's distance, but if you're doing it right, people won't even know what you're holding back or what you aren't holding back. And sometimes it's as simple as, um, just using words you actually use in real life whenever it comes to integrating more of who you are into what you do. So like, what are your thoughts on that about blogging and getting personal in business? I think that if you're building a personal brand and most creative entrepreneurs are building a very personal brand. And even if they're building one that's not their name or not doesn't have their face plastered all over it, you still have to give your brand a personality. And that's going to most likely be yours <laughs> as you're building it. I recently read a book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. And we'll put that in the show notes. But it's really, really great about defining defining social media platforms and how brands can use them. And, and how to make them relatable, um, how to put sort of how to put a personality into a brand whenever you're sharing online. It's a really, really great book um, and has helped has helped me a ton. I've been an Instagram user for years, absolutely years. After reading this book, I realized that I had not been using Instagram <laughs> at all, really, not the way not the way I thought it was it should be used. I'll have to check that out. It's, it's a really good one and it's a very quick read. Um, but one of the things they talk about in all 
all social media platforms, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Tumblr, which are the four of the ones that are talked about in the book, or if it's blogging or just writing your website copy, um, it is, it's about using the words that you use in regular conversation. It's about posting things very conversationally. I try to put captions on my Instagram photos as if I were just talking to you. And yes, sometimes it's going to be me dropping the F-bomb or, <laughs> or whatever. But even then, we'll try to keep it professional um, on some level. But peppering, peppering that in is, is huge, and it does not make you less professional by any means. It makes you more relatable. Those two things don't have to be completely opposite ends of the spectrum. That is so true. You can you can put them together and you can be professional and relatable and likable, but you have to you have to put your own voice into it. You have to try, really, when it comes down to it. You have to try to do it. Okay, so as we wrap up the podcast today, like what are a few tips for everyone listening on how they can redefine, like how they can actually start to redefine what professional means to them. I think one of those is to never, ever make assumptions about what you think your clients will think is professional. Oh, um, yes. So, so whether that's, you know, your, your dreads, um, or I have like arm tattoos, <laughs> which some people would find hugely unprofessional, but I sport them out hardcore and I've like you I've never had someone not hire me because they can see my tattoos or even like you know you don't have to go out and dread your hair and have tattoos but even one of my favorite clients that I've ever coached he writes really hilarious emails and he makes Beyonce references and I think that if he were emailing like a corporation I wonder if he would tone it back. And my hope is that he wouldn't, you know, or if like he's looking for a job, you know, I, I hope that he always includes who he is, like the funny things that he has to say. And they're just little bits that he's peppering in. And and whereas he might assume that that's unprofessional, I think that it's really just showing who he is. Sure. It's, it's, it's not being unprofessional. It's making him relatable. <laughs> And that goes back to what we were just saying, yeah. of course. But <laughs> I think that's great. Um, what about you? Do you have any? Well, yeah. So, like, I think a big, a big tool, like, what you can actually do is take out a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle. And on the left side, list out all the old rules, things that you didn't even really um, think that you were living by, but like old rules, like even working from nine to five, like those hours in themselves. Do you like working those hours? Dress code. What are some things that you think are old rules of appearing professional? And that might include pantyhose and skirts. And maybe you hate wearing those things. So list out all the old rules of what professional, what you grew up thinking professional was, or the rules that you got from your day job of what professional is. So basically, if you've ever worked at a day job, just pull out your old employee handbook and read through it. What are some old rules? <laughs> oh, that of would be professionalism. <laughs> I know, right? And then on the right side, you can start to make your new rules. And so I think that whenever we talk about redefining professionalism, it's not about throwing out all the rules. It's about creating your own rules. I do think that those that we can thrive within boundaries and limits that we create for ourselves and maybe sometimes even break those rules, but at least you know you're breaking your own rule. Um, so like one of my rules is I work from about like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. But if I want to work until midnight one day after the baby goes to bed, by all means, I'm going to let myself... 
I just know that I'm kind of breaking one of my own rules. Yeah, I think I, I think setting personal boundaries is one of those things that that probably makes you more professional because you're you're respecting yourself. <laughs> and I don't think you can be professional unless you're setting personal boundaries. Um, you know, one of the, I one of my clients recently I sent her an email. I was like, "All right, let me know when you're not available during the week so that we can schedule some meetings." And she said, "Every Wednesday morning, she has a yoga class, and that's that is not a time." that we can have a meeting. And that did not make me feel like she was unprofessional. <laughs> the exact opposite. I was like, hell yes. Like, go to yoga every Wednesday. I will be here whenever you get back. I should probably go to yoga too, actually. But, um, but you know, defining, putting that into your, onto that, you know, right side of your paper of these are my new rules or I'll allot my Wednesday mornings for yoga, then do it. <laughs> that does I not make that. you unprofessional. So kind of like setting those boundaries and especially those non-negotiables of things that you need to do to take care of yourself or to take care of your work, setting those systems up in place mm -hmm. will just make you more professional. Yes, much more. Okay, so closing out, um, we've touched on how to what professional looks like to us and redefining that for the creative entrepreneur. But like, what are a few more just like specific examples or ideas that our audience listening could do to bring more professionalism into their careers? Um, one of those is definitely to always at least try to take the high road <laughs> and, and going back to the idea of, of just having good manners and being a kind person. I think always try to be the, a better version of who you are and have some manners. Yeah. I think, um, paying for software and fonts and a good computer and things like that is huge whenever it comes to being professional. I remember that's the, that's one of the times where I felt like a grown up. I mean, I've bought houses, but the first time I, you know, paid for Adobe creative suite. Yes. I was like, I am an adult. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was definitely a turning point, I think, in my business. The first time I stopped, like, pirating. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or, or like, using using David's, like, mom's, like, educational discount to to get it, like, an actual Exactly. Like, <laughs> buy the grown-up version of InDesign. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, and I that's think it's okay to be scrappy where you need to be. You don't have to, um, you don't have to, like, overindulge or do things that are very expensive because you think it will make you appear more professional, such as maybe having an office space or, um, or getting pay, like a crazy company car. <laughs> yeah. A company car, or even paying, you know, loads of money on branding. And that puts you, that's what I do for a living, but you don't always need it. Right. But if it makes you feel professional, by all means invest in it. But what I'm trying to say is don't scrimp where it matters. So I do think branding matters. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> but but I think that um, a lot of times, I mean, I just see a lot of my friends who are creative entrepreneurs and they're playing kind of a keep it up with the Joneses. And so, you know, um, someone who might be a little more well off in their career can shell out for things like really super expensive headshots. Well, if you don't have thousands of dollars to pay for a really badass photographer, you know, you can take a selfie. That'll work for now. Oh, selfies, that's, most of mine have been selfies forever until relatively recently. <laughs> what about, like, a, another one is, like, maybe don't ignore your emails. We talked about emails earlier. Yes, respond or delegate. One of the, you don't have to respond. You don't have to do it yourself. 
get someone else to do it. Um, but but make make the world you know recognize and respect uh, creative entrepreneurs for being timely with communications. <laughs> and then I would say like a, a big one whenever it comes down to redefining professional and being professional is to not second guess yourself and don't be ashamed of who you are. Just rock it out. Yes, definitely. Just in, in, in respect sort of the whole process. And I said earlier that I've constantly redefined what professional is for us or for me, you know, a couple of years ago I was working in my basement in my pajamas. Um, <laughs> that did not make me any less professional than I am now where I go to the studio every day in at least mildly appropriate, like, okay clothing, not like inappropriate, but sometimes I'm in there in yoga pants quite often. <laughs> I'm wearing yoga pants right now. Yeah. So, I mean, things like that. Just don't be ashamed of who you are. Rock your shit out. You got it. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter at lovebeingboss.com so you can be the first to know when new episodes are released. You can listen to Being Boss at our website or subscribe via SoundCloud or find us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. Do I need to come get you a shot of tequila? <laughs> you got this.